Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. We are digging into Hebrews chapter 12 with some really good discussions this week. I've, I've yes. Been, I've been really blessed by this. There's there's some things as we've been going through Hebrews 12 this week that, mm-hmm. that are new for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. new coming from our conversation, yeah. the conversation I got to have with Peyton, just looking through. I really appreciate what what we looked at yesterday about this thing about Esau. That's yeah. troubled me for yeah. years, but I think I think for the first time in a long time, I really feel like, okay, I've got a grasp sure. on what's going sure. on there. And, and even just talking through some of the sobering stuff yesterday about persecution, mm-hmm. difficult, difficult things. Yeah. But today, I feel like we get to turn a page. We get to move to something that... Uh, you know, sober. I think it's still well, be sobering, it's, but I, it's, it's exciting. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. I agree. It's motivating. I, I see this kind of from the valley to the sunlit uplands, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From, from the valley to maybe the mountain peak. From the mountain. That's yeah. right. From the valley to the peak. Why don't you go ahead and read this for us? All Hebrews right, so, 12, 18 through the end of the chapter. Sounds great. Hebrews 12, 18 through the end of the chapter from the New King James Version. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Okay, it does end on a very sobering note. Our God is a consuming fire, which is not the way people today really want to view God. Well, you're right about that. I mean, that Old Testament God, he was a consuming fire, but, but now, but, you, but he got converted during the, <laughs> that period of silence and everything's different now. That is the way people talk about God. Doesn't this portion of the chapter just fly in the face of that? Isn't yeah. the point of the Hebrew writer, it's the same God, same God, different mountain. <laughs> same God, different covenant. Yeah, same God, different covenant. In fact, let's walk through this. Here's what's happening, I believe. The first covenant that has been talked about throughout this book, where did that originate? Where, where was that covenant ratified? I think we're following along 
the covenant that was made with Israel at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Yeah. And and that's what he's referring to when he says you haven't come to a mountain that may not be touched or that can be touched in the blazing fire and and all of those sorts of things. He he's highlighting Israel when the first covenant was ratified came to a mountain. Mm-hmm. They came to Mount Sinai. At that mountain, they saw at the same time this fire, right? But also this darkness. Yeah. And I mean, imagine that. Imagine seeing fire, and yet even around that fire, as opposed to just casting light, there's darkness and gloom. Yeah. Thunder, lightning, shaking, and quaking. I, I guess in my mind's eye, I always sort of picture that as that really almost really black smoke like when you see people during uh, you know burning tires okay you sure shouldn't ever do that but that mix of of flame and really awful black smoke it's mm. terrifying so this is what they're seeing and they were told do not touch this mountain mm-hmm. if you touch this mountain if even one of your beasts touches this mountain you're gonna die yeah, it needs to, that that's needs to die that's gonna happen he says you haven't come to that mountain mm-hmm. we've come to a different mountain what to what mountain have we come? He says Mount Zion. Mount Zion. Now, when we think about Mount Zion, just, just that word itself, not not where we're going to end up, but just that word yeah. itself, what's Mount Zion? Hey, this is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. We, we have a comparison between where the tabernacle mm-hmm. was constructed and where the temple was constructed. Mm-hmm. The, the temple that is this if you will, a permanent dwelling of God in comparison to the tabernacle or seems like a permanent dwelling of God. It did when Solomon was building it. It did when seemed that way. Absolutely. And, and then when, uh, you know, those folks later had to rebuild it. Yeah. Zerubbabel and Joshua. Now that's interesting. This permanent dwelling that had to be rebuilt. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Maybe we'll talk more about that tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> but so here, here we've got these comparisons. We've come to Mount Zion as opposed to coming to Mount Sinai. Sure. The the interesting thing is, is that for the Israelites, they were actually able to go up onto Mount Zion. That yeah. that's where the temple was. That's they were right. actually able to go up there. They were that's able to go the to the temple. Would go so the we, Levitical priests. Yeah. So we've got this improvement. We've got something better, something that surpasses. But then he goes on and he says, "You've come to the city of the living God." Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We do recognize that in the law, God talked about the city where He was going to place His name. Right. We we have heard about the 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 house where He was going to place His name. Yeah. That this was going to be God's city, not just David's city. We well, recognize that. Was that. One of the things I was going to say. More often in the Old Testament, it's the city of David. Yeah. But Jerusalem is where Mount Zion is. Is where the temple stood. Yes. But then it's the next phrase that grabs me. Yeah. What's the next thing He says? Yeah. He says to the heavenly Jerusalem. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Not just to Jerusalem. See, at this point with Mount Zion, with the city of the living God, I could be thinking that what he's talking about is a geographical location that I can chart Mm -hmm. on a map Mm -hmm. of the globe of earth. Mm -hmm. But now he says, wait a minute, this Mount Zion, this city of the living God is the heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Right. Now, I get that someone might want to say, oh, well, that's just talking about how, you know, it is the spiritual thing. It is, it's, it's more about God's dwelling than it is about anything else, except we've got a context in Hebrews about heavenly. Oh, yeah. Heavenly has been used repeatedly and over and over again throughout uh, this letter, 
And it was the discussion of the copies versus the real. Exactly. The, the copies versus the true sanctuary of God. And we've recognized that our priest mm-hmm. didn't go into a copy. Mm-hmm. He is sitting in the true sanctuary right. in heaven. Right. And and that what's in heaven is called the heavenly things, whereas these earthly things were copies. Yeah. So now, wait a minute. If what we're thinking about is the geological mountain, the geographical location okay. yeah. here on earth, we're actually thinking about copies that we're pointing to the substance, which is the heavenly Jerusalem, the true, real Jerusalem. And now all of a sudden I realize, oh wait, this city of the living God, is that the one we were talking about in Hebrews chapter 11, where we found out that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were actually looking for a city whose builder and foundation was God, and that city is not actually the geographical location of Jerusalem, but is Mm -hmm. actually the heavenly Jerusalem where our king sits at the right hand of God. And in fact, when we have come to the church of the firstborn, we're actually there. Mm -hmm. Does any of that make sense? Or do you think I'm losing my mind? I think that's what it's talking about. And I think that the contrast between the, the fear that went around that first mountain uh, compared to the Mount Zion is a, is another way of communicating that what we, what is not better is the law. What is not better is the first covenant. Don't you remember that there was death tied to that from the very beginning, from the mountain. You can't even touch God, you'll die. Or touch the mountain, you'll die, right? Whereas here, there is this invitation to come and to be part. Not only have you come up to the mountain, but look, you've come into this assembly, right? These innumerable uh, angels, he said, and the church of the firstborn, which is the called out assembly of his people. And so now it's come and have full fellowship and with God and in the presence of God. It's the better, right? It's the better mountain. Absolutely. I want to focus on the inheritance idea of this because mm. it says that it's the the ESV says assembly of the firstborn. Uh, did you say church of the firstborn? So it's both. You've got the general assembly and church of the firstborn. In verse 23? Of, yes. Okay, interesting. So here is that word, and for those who've heard these sermons, this is the ecclesia word that we know gets translated church in a lot of places, but then if the preacher's preaching on it, we'll tell you that, well, because folks today misuse that word so much, we really need to understand it means the assembly, the gathering. Fine for all of that. I just want us to see we're talking about coming to Christ Church. Yeah. We're, We're talking about coming to this group of people as Israel was an assembly, the church is an assembly. It is the mm-hmm. assembling of God's people. Notice this, the assembly of the firstborn who are... Registered in heaven. No, yeah. But notice that word, are. Who are. That's the plural verb. Mm. Firstborn here does not refer to Jesus. If it was referring to Jesus, it would be the firstborn who is, is. enrolled in heaven. The firstborn who are enrolled in heaven is everybody who is in that assembly. All that church... All of that church, which of course causes us to ask, well, wait a minute, you can only have one firstborn. Yeah. How, how is it that that's all of them are firstborn? 
I believe, this is my assessment, mm-hmm. tell me if you think I'm off base on this, I believe he's making a play on words. My understanding is that in the law, and up to this time, especially among the Jews, mm-hmm. when there was an inheritance, the mm-hmm. firstborn would receive a double portion. That's right. And as the we, the, the birthright, the blessing that Esau gave up mm-hmm. as the firstborn, mm-hmm. and the inheritance that because he had rejected it when it was administered, he didn't get to have it. Right. We're back to inheritance language. Mm-hmm. Now, I get this is not a mathematical statement, he, he, because obviously, mathematically, there can be only one firstborn. And it's not a mathematical statement, because if everybody gets counted as the firstborn and gets a double portion, we're actually all getting the same. I get it. But, it, but it's a, a point of saying how amazing our inheritance is. We're all the firstborn. Don't reject this inheritance of the firstborn like Esau did. We, we've come to yeah. this assembly who receives the blessing and the birthright. Yeah. Don't reject it. Well, and we had spent uh, uh, in our time walking through Galatians uh, some of the emphasis on being adopted as sons mm-hmm. and all that that meant. And I think that goes right along with this here, that uh, you know, the, the, the privilege and the wonder of being part of the family of God through the gospel means inheriting mm-hmm. as sons. And, you know, to your point, inheriting as firstborn. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you're right on. I think this is tying back to inheritance language and the foil, the other side of the coin for Esau, which goes right along with what we've been saying in the book of Hebrews, right? Right. Don't give it up. Don't draw back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't be an Esau, but it can be too late. You've got this in store for you. Yeah. You reject it. When it comes time for the inheritance, you don't, you, when you see, when you finally ultimately see, oh, I, I didn't get the inheritance. It's mm-hmm. too late. It's too you late. don't you don't get it at that yeah. point. There, there's there's going to be no getting it back then. So hang on. Hang In on. fact, I think we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. So wow, let's let's Time's be firstborn. Amen. Let's, what what a great inheritance we're looking forward to. You want to go ahead and lead us in prayer? I'd love to. Our great God and Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for this time and reading Hebrews uh, 12 together. Uh, Lord, the time's just flying as we're having these conversations, but it's enriching our hearts. Uh, Lord, it's building our faith, and we know that that's what this epistle is is especially designed to do. Uh, We pray, Father, that we might remember it is about the true Mount Zion and the true heavenly Jerusalem and where you are now. Our race of faith is going to end there, Father, by your grace and by the gospel. And we look forward to the day that we might rejoice in heaven with you for all time. But we thank you that we might know even today, as being part of your church today, that we are registered there, that we have an inheritance there, and, uh, and we're heading there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.
for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and burn. Okay. <laughs> Get all my uh, pronouns and articles and I'll just, we'll just read all the words on the page. How about that? <laughs> How about that? How let's about we do, do that. that? We'll just read all the words on the page. <laughs> all okay. the words. And all only, th- on, only the words on the yes, page. Yes, let's do that. Oh, we'll In the right order. Yeah. <laughs> You're really, you're really stacking it up on me, man. Okay. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's hard, but, but I think you can do it. All right. Thank you. I won't draw back. <laughs> Verse 18. 